It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. I'm John Schmelk. He's Howard Cross. Paul Dettina will be around shortly when he's done with his player interviews here. The Giants players are about to meet the media outside. I am stepping in for Paul until that until he's done and he come back comes comes back in. We did hear from Joe Judge yesterday and today and obviously Howard the uh, the news of the day or I guess of yesterday but still today is the Giants have started deciding to move on from Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator. Joe Judge has declined to name who will be their play caller on Sunday as he explained today and I think we explained yesterday as well. When Lance and Paul are on, trying to keep an air of mystery to make preparation for the Eagles a little bit more difficult, not knowing who's going to call the plays. Uh, he said, I have a pretty good idea who's going to do it. He said the game playing this week will be a collaborative effort, and then obviously one person will be calling uh, the plays on game day. Uh, there's a lot of reports out there that it could be Freddie Kitchens. It makes sense. He's been a play caller before. Uh, Derek Dooley's a guy that's had play calling uh, responsibilities before. Jerry Shaplinski, the quarterback's coach. Obviously, the quarterback's coach is involved in all of that each week with the quarterback. So those are the guys I imagine were options, and we'll see what the Giants end up doing. We'll know who has the headset on and is, has the big play card in front of him and is calling <laughs> the plays on Sunday. So, Howard, um, I guess before I get to some of the nitty-gritty details here, just your thoughts on the move and, and what the Giants decide to do moving on from Jason Garrett. Well, you know, like Jason's a friend, so, you know, I, I feel bad for him and everything. Yeah, me that, too. That's just part of, the, part of the business, though. But you got to be able to score points. Yep. You, and you got to figure out a way to score points. And I know that – uh, and on his behalf, people would say that there are a lot of people out, a lot of injuries, a lot of your main weapons have been out. You know, throughout his uh, his tenure here, they were back uh, on Monday night for at least the one game, yeah, well, kinda, for the most part. You know, for, yeah, kind of, you know, and and it is what it is. Uh, but at the end of the day, you still have to score points. And when you spend a lot of money on your offense on the off in the off season, uh, the ownership, everyone's looking at you, and and you know, it's going to come down. Even the coach starts looking at you eventually and starting going like, okay. What are we doing wrong and why? Can you help? Can you change? Can you adjust? And he just couldn't make enough adjustments with the personnel he had to, to get it done. So they, they're they going to move on from him and try a different route. All right, let me go two different angles with this. And, and I agree, it's a results business. The results weren't Bus- good enough. Business is business. It was it, The results weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. So how many changes and what kind of changes can occur, Howard, when you change a play call? You obviously can't scrap an entire offensive system in five days and, and put in a whole new playbook. So what type of changes can Giant fans expect or, no, or, or, or frankly, that, possible that, over that, the course of four or five days? That, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. What you do is, is if it's me, not not because I'm not in the staff anyway, if it's me and me alone, mm-hmm. I first try to determine how I can improve my running game. Right, so I, I start figuring out the combination blocks, and you know, do I need to pull guys here? Who's better at pulling? I start trying to figure out how to pound defenses and start getting more pressure on defenses, so I can actually, you know, develop an actual offense from that. And when you talk about it that way, you're talking about are these guys better at running outside zone? Are they better at running power counter, yeah. and then try to you focus know, like on how, that? Like how, how how good are my tight ends coming down and blocking, trying to help set the edge on the defense or being able to do something or should I be bringing them across the field? Mm-hmm. How much should I, should I start using Penny to try to help develop develop the run a little bit to, to bring an extra blocker and try to help things out? And then I'll start developing things off of that. Now, the, the offenses now, and like Giants or, or, the, or the Globe, I guess, are way more complex than just that. 
but that's how I would have to start doing it because I got to okay. help. I got to help the offensive line out as much as possible. And most offensive lines, uh, and I do mean most, prefer to run the ball if they can because it just gives them more of a chance to beat on the other guy. Mm-hmm. Now, if you got a monster in there like they're going to play this weekend and Cox, don't know how much that works. And also, by the way, Javon Hargrave was yeah. having a hell of a year next yeah. to him. Yeah, so you know, you got two interior guys that are going to be doing, they're going to be wreaking havoc. So you're going to have to figure out a way. Am I blocking down on this guy? I can't really pull mm-hmm. a guy because once you pull, he rides the hip of the guy that pulls and he, he make plays in the backfield. So we're going to do a lot of point blank blocking to get to, you know, slow them down, stop them, turn them, give them an angle. Say, okay, this is, you're going to go this way anyway, so I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to push you out to give a hole. There's going to be a little bit more, there should be a little more of that. That's how I would try to address it and attack it. I wouldn't over glorify things and stuff. I would start to simplify things to try to go, okay, they're going to know what we're going to do but we're going to have to fight them the whole way to get it done. And that will help other parts of the game. You know, that's going to help. Okay, we're going to be able to do a little play action. Uh, the tight ends blocking down and, and helping and then checking out. I have a lot of, you know, a lot of quick outs and checkouts. And then every once in a while, I'm going to use a Ross because he's so fast. Hey, Ross, go. Just take a shot. You, you go. It's coming, buddy. Just just go. You know, and, and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm, and I'm going to play. I'm going to play a lot more of things that will make more sense to me to put pressure on them. Yeah, yeah, and other things that can change, right? You can use different personnel groups more or less often, right? Like like maybe you go two tight ends more, or maybe you go three wide receivers more. You know, whatever yeah, but, but, the new you, play you, caller might prefer, depending yeah, on your matchup. But you got, but you got to, you got to understand the matchups and stuff. You know, I, I'm trying to get Tony the ball, uh, not just in space, but a little bit further down the field. Because I'm like, hey, can you know, can we run this route? I start mm-hmm. working on him on certain routes to try to get him, you know, not just out in the flat, not just the slants, but like, okay, let's give you some space, some real some real space. So a deep over route, yeah, yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah, something where you can, mm-hmm. you know, when you come across the middle of the field and like all of a sudden you're 10 yards down the field or 15 yards down the field and the safeties really have a problem tackling you. It's not where the linebackers are coming up and hitting you instantly. I go over to Galladay and say, listen, how you feeling? He's like, what do you mean, how I feel? How you feeling? Because, right? you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm paying you. I need you. Here we go. And I start doing those things. And you're like, and like that doesn't mean that you're gonna get every pass. That doesn't mean you're gonna get a lot of looks. That means that if I'm throwing to somebody in the flat, I want you blocking. I want you to crush the guy because the next time I fake the flat, you better keep running because I'm throwing it to you. Like I'm, I'm getting everybody prepared for like let's let's get started on a different path because hey, look, we already did everything. Nothing against whatever we just tried. We just tried everything. Now we're going back to the basics. As the as the promo says, we're gonna be punching people in the nose. Let's start doing it. A couple other things I'll throw out there. I know a lot of people, oh, Jason Garrity runs the ball on first down anymore. Guys, I can, I can bring up the numbers for you if you want. The Giants have not been a, a super run-heavy team on first down this year. They just haven't been. They have used play action a lot there in the top half of the league in terms of frequency of play action passes. They've done that well. Um, I've always, I'm always one to say try to take a few more shots down the field. To your point, John yeah. Ross, go use your speed. Take a few more shots. And then Kenny Galladay's covered. You don't throw it to him anyway. That's why you brought him but, in here, right? He's a bigger dude, but, but can you protect long enough to yeah, do it? Too? The things you have to realize that, that that and I know fans are all like and looking at the stats and the stats say all these great things, and I appreciate all the saber metrics or whatever you guys are using. You know, the teams, every team in the league has a scouting report. <laughs> <laughs> so when you read the scouting report, yeah, you try to attack what they're not doing well in theory. Of course, that's that's what's supposed to be happening. Every team does that. Yeah, yep. every, and every team does that. So when you see things happening in theory, that's what they're doing. They're trying to attack the weaknesses of the other team or the tendencies of the other team. So that's what's happening more often than 
why isn't he doing this? Like, well, the scouting report doesn't say do that. Like, and people don't realize that because they're not reading the scouting report right. and they're not keeping up with what. Uh, it, it, it baffles me. Like, if you're playing against a team this week against the run, run the ball at them, make them prove they can stop it, and then do plays off of it because they'll commit guys to try to stop the run. Uh, guys are weak against the pass. Well, that doesn't mean they can't. <laughs> I'll still run the ball to make you stuff up when you step up. There's one-on-ones on the outside. But those are things that scouting reports and tendencies of teams know. You know, and it's been that's how the league has been run since I was playing, I don't know, a thousand years ago, it feels like. Yeah, but about right, a thousand years, I think, <laughs> you know, give or take. Give or take. Give or take a decade or so. Terry, let's open up the phones, 201-939-4513. Give us a call. We'll get you up. A couple more things with Howard uh, before we get to your calls here. Obviously, there's no Big Blue Kickoff Live tomorrow, by the way. It is Thanksgiving. We will be back on Friday, so make sure you check that out. Our happy latest. Th- happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yes, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, make sure you check out the most recent Papa's Perspective podcast. We look back at some of the Giants' classic games against the Eagles, one of which I believe Howard Cross played in in the 2000 playoffs when Jason yeah. Sue under the crazy interception. We I talk did. about that game, among others. Amazing. So make sure you go check. I'm not sure if it's posted yet. If not, it'll be later on today. Uh, make sure you check that out. That's on the Giants' Huddle Podcast feed. And um, then we'll take your calls as well, of course, 201 939 4513. Let me just say this, and I know a lot of fans, we, we've taken the calls here. I know a lot of fans have been hankering for this move to be made for a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm just, and feel free to disagree with me if you want. Okay. This is not a wave the magic wand, change the play caller, everything gets better right away type of deal. That's not how this, this works. No. The players still have to execute better. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you some examples just very okay. quickly. All right. From this game against Tampa Bay on Monday night, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Giants had... Four drives in the first half of that game. Okay. I'm taking the final drive when they had the 43 seconds and they didn't really try to score. I'm throwing A lot of information, out. John. Can we get to the point? I'm, I'm getting there. All right, all right. All right. So they scored on two of those four drives, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> Why are you freaking me out here? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, and two of the drives, one ended because on a third down play. Daniel Jones hits Kadarius Tony right in the chest. The ball gets knocked away. You thought it should have been a – Completion and a fumble. I thought it was incomplete, but but it, it was a completion and a fumble. Whatever, whatever the case might be, that's mm. obviously not a deal you where know, you don't know football that well. But keep going, keep going. <laughs> You're killing me. Uh, that's not a deal where it's like a bad play design. It, it's a completed pass. It's the guy in the chest. It's it's a first down. The the, the drive should have continued. Mm-hmm. The other drive, when the Giants first drive of the game, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. actually move the ball all the way down the field. Right, they gain 50, 60 yards. They get mm-hmm. in the field goal range. You have a play. Uh, I believe it was a second down play, and it was right to your sideline. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones airmailed it to Kadarius Tony over his head was out of he, bounds. Was he in pressure or anything? He, was he rushed? I was don't. He... I have not a chance to look back at the tape okay. yet because okay. of our travel yesterday. All right. All right. But the bottom line is that the player was, the play was designed, and a player was open. Yep. Yep. But for whatever reason, you couldn't complete the pass. Right? Not on the coordinator. And then um, the next play on a third and nine, Will Hernandez commits a false start penalty, and all of a sudden you're third and fourteen in your own nineteen yard line. And as you know, Howard, trying to convert a third and fourteen from your own from the other team's nineteen is a very difficult proposition. Just to wherever do. it is in the field, it's difficult. I yes, it's it's okay. very difficult. Right. So my point being is that the execution on the field, if that doesn't improve, I don't care who the play caller is, mm. whether it's you know throwing the ball to the other team, mm-hmm. whether it's not protecting well enough so the quarterback has a guy in his face so he throws the ball to the other team, mm-hmm. um, wide receivers holding on the passes, penalties, go down the laundry list of things that have gone wrong this year. Unless that stuff improves and gets better, mm. you know, the Bucks had a 50% pressure rate last week on Monday night. They, they put pressure on Daniel Jones on half of his pass, mm-hmm. half okay. of his passes. Yep. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Unless that stuff gets better, 
the play calling stuff, it might help on the margins, but it's mm. not going to make the type of difference I think a lot of fans think it's going to make. Oh, I knew that. I mean, but Jason wasn't uh, blocking anybody last time I checked. He wasn't throwing any balls, wasn't wasn't running the ball, wasn't doing any of that stuff. That's, that's all on the players. Like, uh, you can have the worst game plan in history, but you can execute it, and then all of a sudden it looks great. Or you could have the best game plan in history, and if and, you guys don't play well, it's uh, not going to matter. Well, you know, it's been – there's been times in history that, that, that you know, and, and we've looked at the game plans and said, like, <clears throat> these guys are in trouble. And there have been times in history we looked at them and said, okay, we got to figure something out here. I mean, <laughs> and that, that has nothing to do with, with, with the game plan. It's more of the personnel you're looking at. I can remember one time in college playing uh, against Penn State when they won the national championship. I was a sophomore. I'm looking on the film. I'm like, hey, uh, are these – they're in college, right? Like, <laughs> Like, where do they come from? Are they from this plant? Like, look how big that dude's arms are. Like, so, I was like, it was incredible. So basically how all the teams that play Alabama now feel before the yeah, game. Yeah, pretty much. They look, <laughs> they look at there like, we're going to kill him. We're going to, ooh, is that a receiver? <laughs> <laughs> That's a receiver. Like, oh, coach, oh, my hamstring's sore. Like, you, you start thinking of things. You make career decisions at that moment. Like, you're seeing guys trying to tackle Derrick Henry. That's what it's like. It's like, they got him in the backfield. No, well, the linebacker, oh. Scrimmage again. It's terrible. Like you start thinking of crazy things. Like, but you have to figure that out. Like, and Jason leaving, he's not taking any players as missing plays with him. He's not taking every bad blocker, or he's not taking every guy that drops a pass. He's not taking a, uh, anybody who overthrows or underthrows. He's not taking any of that with him. Like he's just he's just going home and be like, okay, I'm gonna have Thanksgiving. Now the Giants have still got to play. You know, I, I actually, the funny thing, people are like, oh, it's so mean. You let him go right before Thanksgiving. Like, he gets to go spend Thanksgiving with his family now. Yep. <laughs> he gets to go hang out and see his nieces and nephews and hug his, hug his folks. That's part of it. Part of it. All right, we got a full bank of calls. Let's get to them, Howard. 201-939-4513. We're not going to get into the – if you want to talk about the Eagles, we obviously can. Give us a call. We'll get to them. But we have Friday show to do that. I don't want to get fans. Jalen Hurts. I want Jalen Hurts. He's having a heck of a year uh, in terms of running the football especially. So we want to give you guys a chance to get in there on the news, talk about the Garrett stuff, talk about going forward, and then we'll do heavy in on the Giants and Eagles and the specific preview of that matchup on Friday. All right, let's go to – Stas out in Washington. He'll lead us off today. Stas, what's going on, buddy? Stas, I like that. Hey, what's up, fellas? Um, I'll speak to you guys before the, uh, the holiday. Well, actually, no, I won't. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy advance. Thanksgiving. Um, you too, buddy. I just realized it was Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> dude, um, dude, dude, Stas, seriously, I've since they played Monday night, I've been thinking it's Tuesday, like, all day. No, and, and every no, time no, I look down, no, it's I, Wednesday. I'm like, no, no, this it's, is bad. It's, wor- it's worse than that. I kept thinking Thanksgiving was next week. I've been telling people setting plans. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, look, I don't know what you're doing next week, but Thursday, I'm having turkey. They're like, two Thursdays in a row? <laughs> like, two Thursdays in a row? I'm like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Thanksgiving is this week, Howard. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a Monday night game. It just, it just threw me off. Spoken by a guy that's not responsible for cooking Thanksgiving Amen. dinner right there. <laughs> right. Amen. There go. Go ahead, Stoss, what do you got? So, listen, I'm, not, I'm never going to be the guy to come on here and, like, dance with somebody for losing their job, like, that's that's never a good thing, you know. I, I've never personally met Jason Garrett, but everyone that I hear talk about him, at least on a personal level, say nothing but great things. So, great guy, great you know, guy, I hope, incredible person. Yeah, I, whatever his whatever his future endeavor is, I wish him the greatest of success. Um, <laughs> that being said, I think it was necessary. You know, I mean, results are results, right? Uh, it you know twenty was twenty six games, I think that he's he, he's called and, and we rank in the bottom. And this is the stuff I keep going back to, right? I look at Daniel Jones' rookie year, 
And he had, I think he, I think he had three games of four touchdowns. Yep. I'm happy if he if he ends with two two uh, one touchdown a game at this point, and and the difference was the play calling in Pat Shermer and arguably we had less weapons and a worse offensive line, hmm. and he seemed to be better. And I guess my question, what I, I the part that would frustrate me is I, I think about things. Um, my dad was a was a was a football coach. He's, he is a football coach for high school. Um, and he started on defense. And when I was a little kid, he had like this old projector. And on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights, he'd let us stay up late if we helped him break down school's 22 film. Um, so he was map- mapping out tendencies. And he would always tell me the numbers of the guys of, of that team that we got to figure out what they're doing, right? So I figured, and now I understand what he was doing. He was looking for their playmakers and he was trying to decide, you know, figure out how to take those playmakers out the game. And when, when I see us, like, on a fourth and one, and, like, Kenny Galladay's on the sideline, or Kadarius Tony's on the sideline, I'm like, why? You just made that defense's job so much easier. You took people, because Kenny Galladay doesn't, it, that dude has, is a big body. Let, let, let's put, like, you know, a la Brandon Marshall, put him a three-yard slant in on, on a fourth and one and just let him box someone out, like, like in basketball, and catch a short pass to mm-hmm. keep the chains moving. And the fact that we were just weren't seeing that move, and I get it, the offensive line isn't the best, and you got to protect Danny Jones. I get it, but there's also ways to move a pocket that will help negate a pass rush, slow a pass rush. Well, no, so stop, 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 stop. Now, in fairness, the last three weeks, they've been moving the pocket a lot. A lot. <laughs> they have. Yeah, but here, here's my here's my thing. Just just so you and I don't I don't disagree with you know you need some of these some of your playmakers on the field, but moving the pocket and, and I listen to people say that all the time. To me, you got to have a better offensive line so you don't have to worry about that, and and that's going to be something they're going to have to address along the yeah. way, because when you move the pocket, you eliminate half the field. Yeah, and and you yeah, when, yeah, when, I, when you start when you start doing that. You're putting a lot of pressure, not just on your quarterback, but on your receivers. And if I see it, if I'm a defensive coordinator, if I'm a defense, if I'm a linebacker, if I'm a safety, if I'm anybody, and the quarterback starts to roll to my right, I'm like, okay, he's rolling to my right. That means we know that on our side of the field, they're trying to get a play. So if I'm the defensive end, I'm getting my hands up. If I'm not getting to the quarterback, if I'm if I'm the D tackle on that side, I'm getting my hands up. Or, or if you're playing, if you're a, one of the two deep safeties, you know you can just start shading you to start, that side of the field. You start pulling over. Yeah. Just make sure to right. make sure the guy on the make sure the guy on the outside or the inside is not going deep. Com, you know, control that. Give the give the corner some support over the top. The backside safety starts to slide to the middle of the field. Right, so you're doing it, and if I'm the linebacker that's standing in the middle of the field, I start to roll over into that zone, get to the to the hash, and get in that area so that okay, we're going to stop any short stuff right here. If you try to bring a guy from the backside, the backside safety comes down if it's a two deep, or the linebacker from the far side backs up into that zone to make it harder for you to complete that play. Now that's well, how that, 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 now that, that that's what I do. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I, I hope that we're going to have somebody move in the pocket. Now, Stas, Stas, also very quickly because then Paul's going to step in and I'm going to leave. So I'm just going to throw one point out to you before I do that. It's funny, heading into that game, I forget I had an offline conversation with somebody 
no one that works for the football staff or someone else that works here that, that I'm friends with. And we joke that, you know, they, they use Colin Johnson a lot, and they seem to, like, run the ball every time Colin Johnson's in the game. So my guess on that fourth down play, and I don't disagree with your reasoning. I think your reasoning is sound. So I'm just trying to explain what I think the thought process is there. Mm -hmm. My guess is what they were trying to do is take a tendency they had and use it to their advantage. So if they, it's a fourth and one, you bring yeah. Colin Johnson in, the, the, the defense says, all right, they're running the football. So they tried to take advantage of that, run the play-action pass, you know, get Jones on the move, either he hits Saquon on that little leak out on, on, uh, towards the sideline, or if the linebacker, and I'm, I'm guessing this is what the play design was, if the linebacker goes with Barkley, which is what happened, Jones can tuck it, run for the yard, and that's how they get the first down. Now, the problem you had is that you had that guy come up, and I think it was a safety, come down from the second level, mm -hmm. completely unblocked, mm -hmm. and he charged Daniel Jones. Yeah. So the linebacker was right. able to stick with Barkley, and then Jones had no outlet to run because so, the safety was so, coming down so, on him. So, so, so the play was not effective, but that's my but, thought as to what the yeah, thought but process was. But understand was. why that happened. This is why that happened. When you're going with one of your tendencies and you're going to try to break it all of a sudden and you're used to running with a certain player on the field, mm -hmm. the defense, because they study your tendencies, might send a run blitz. And when you send a run blitz fair. <laughs> into the play, the quarterback, you're not picking up everybody because that guy is designed to right. be free to hit the back in the back. And by the way, the other thing on that play, which I think is a legitimate criticism, Stas, mm -hmm. they ran the boot to the same side they ran the play action to. Oh, so they play action to the right, which is where the run was designed to go, and then Jones booted to the right also. So if they play action left, maybe that run blitz is coming the opposite that's, side that's and Jones more, made out more just space. More, but. That's just more of one of those what, what they call the RPO, and you're trying to play off a certain guy. Right. But when right, you bring right. the extra guy, it kind of throws a kind of monkey yeah, wrench into did. the situation. Anyway, Stas, uh, you are going to ask Howard a question. I'm going to step away. Paul's going to step in. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody out there. Have a great holiday. I'll talk to you on Friday. Stas, go Thank ahead. You. All right, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, just two questions, um, Howard, and I'll take, it, I'll take it off air. Okay, two questions. Um, so, first question is, aren't you supposed to force the defense to flex out of what they want to do in order to create opportunities? Uh, like, you know, a la, you can look at, you know, the, the Irons were playing that little umbrella kind of coverage. Tom Brady kept taking the underneath, the underneath, underneath. Mm -hmm. By the second half, we're running single safety. He's hitting them up, up top, right? Mm -hmm. And it just seems like we don't do that. It seems like there's we don't stick to something. If you look at what we did like in the Saints game, we were running like the two through the zones, and we were hitting big plays because of that. Until they took that away, then we started trying to run the ball. And it just seemed like that made sense. And I, I applauded that, that, that game plan. I, I don't see that. And then the, uh, So tell me if that's wrong. And then the, the, the second question is, when you sat back and you watched this game, I don't know how you watched it, but me sitting back in my living room. I'm on the sideline, either freezing or hot, but go ahead. All right. <laughs> you better see some mind. But there was never a moment in that game, right? Mm -hmm. and, I don't, and, I don't, and I don't claim to have some grand football IQ. Mm -hmm. But there was never a moment in that game that I was surprised at anything the offense did, except for the past two uh, uh, Andrew Thomas into the end zone. That that one took me. But for the most part, it was never a surprise. When 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 they pitched it to Tony, I expected him to try to throw because they did it almost. They've done it almost every game. He's been healthy. Okay. And everything I see, I feel like I see all the time. So I'll take your answers off air, 
And hey, thanks for your time. Have a great Thanksgiving, and I'll be at your house next weekend. I'll bring you with me. <laughs> That's funny. Thank you so much. <laughs> so the two the two things he just said was like number one, he goes. Uh, you got to understand, or you have to know that you, the defense. You try to make the defense do something different when you're an offense. And number two, he's like, you know, he wasn't surprised the whole time. Having the defense do something different is a wish that every team has. Basically, what you want to do is you want to be so forthcoming with your offense that the defense can't, you know, can't, you know, do what they usually do. In the case of last week, our defense was trying to quote unquote. Uh, keep everything in front of him. The problem is that Tom Brady releases the ball in like one point whatever second, him and him and Ben Roethlisberger, and if you're going to give him underneath, he's taken underneath, and he has playmakers that can do it. By the, by the second half, when you decide, okay, we can't keep giving him underneath plays because they're going down this field methodically, you know, not every throw that, that Tom Brady made was a good throw. Like, there was a lot of throws at the shoelaces, and guys just went down and caught him, and if he had to hit him on stride, they would have been, you know, running with the ball. But in any case, he did what he was supposed to do because he's Tom Brady. Now, for our guys, how do we try to do that? We're trying to do the same thing. But if you're doing it against tendencies, it, you know your players have to make plays when they get the ball. And you have to make sure that every time they get the ball, it's positive. It doesn't always happen that way. The one interception Tom Brady threw, it hit the receiver right in the chest. If he was throwing a spear, if he was throwing a spear, he would have killed him. You know, it would have been <laughs> over with right there. He'd been dead on the spot. And so you can't do anything about that. And, you know, and secondly, predictability and all that stuff, everybody goes, I can predict the plays. I'm here every week. I've watched the game. Now, when somebody gets into a position or into a formation or into a, into a play and they run it, you know, I think I know maybe what's happening. But only outside of the, the Tony pass, and that's, that's literally when I'm like, if Tony's back there, if this happens, he's going to try to throw the ball. Like, if it happened one time, it's probably not going to be very, very effective the next time you do it unless you're rolling along and they're desperately trying to stop you. And like, and if Tony, it, Tony the Tony pass works only, in my opinion, uh, with as I watch all teams that do it, when that player has been a, been a headache the entire game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And usually that player's been a headache the entire game. All right, we threw a ball back to him. We're all going to come up to try to get to him really quickly. And then he's able to throw the ball over the top because everybody's like desperate to get to him. Well, we haven't had him in a position where he's been, you know, desperate or, or making the other team desperate because you get up, he catches the ball, you just come up and tackle him. When early in the season, he was making guys, he still made guys miss in this game. He made one of the best line inside backers, White, miss at point blank range, like, 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 peekaboo, I'm gone. And like, it was incredible. So he can do that. But, you know, trying to get him the ball in more space and get the ball to him upfield. Uh, Paul, you didn't hear me say this earlier. Giving the ball a little further down the field will be interesting if they can figure out a way to give him the ball at 10 yards or 15 yards because then it's just him with one safety or him with a corner, mm-hmm. and then that's going to be a problem for the defense. Yeah, but in order to do that, you got to block. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, before we go on uh, to take another phone call, I did want to get one take from you, Howard. I didn't uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I know you spent an awful lot of time watching Devontae Smith. 
when he played for Alabama. Roll Tide. And, you know, obviously trophy. he is the leading receiver right now in this mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles attack. Oh, uh, over 45 catches, well oh. over 650 yards, has oh. four touchdowns. All hated him in the draft, by the way. Oh, well, no. I was not a big fan, 170 pounds. Hold, hold on for a second. I think you were, you were not a fan no, no, of the Heisman Trophy winning because I believe Roll Tide I, great be, I believe with his very slight frame, and uh-huh. even Eagles people will tell you he's uh-huh. got like pipe cleaners for legs. Oh, I believe okay. durability is going to be an issue for him. I don't think he's going to last very long in this See, league. Howard, you saw that? I just wow. dropped the hand grenade. Now I'm going to wow. leave. See That's later. okay. Bye. <laughs> I don't think he'll last very long in this league. He'll, he'll okay. get folded up and broken Way. up like a pretzel pretty soon. Oh, wait soon. a minute. What was that kid's name? Uh, Stephen Baker? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lasted five years. Oh, really? And that was it. Mm. There's a lot of small receivers that last a thousand years in the league. And that's okay. You got to defend your Bama guy. It's okay. Half of the Patriots teams are the Smurfs. Is what I'm doing. But my my question for you is, (laughs) uh, having watched enough of him when he was at Alabama, what are the things that are the most dangerous about his game? We're going to put his size aside because I have a prejudice against Smurf receivers. But (laughs) what are the most dangerous things about his game? The problem, the problem that, that people have and don't understand about people like Devontae Smith, um, the kid down in Miami, um, Waddle, and, and and all the other receivers that came out of that, that incredible receiving class at Alabama is that they are um, extremely, extreme. even even Amari Cooper, uh, Julio Jones, you, you name it, they're all the same person. They're, they're different body types, different body sizes, all the same person. They're extraordinarily technical route runners. And by being that, and no matter how fast you are. Is that a saving thing? That's just a thing that they, they learn to perfect it. So if you come in, like you came in on the Julio jo- under Julio Jones, you see this big, massive guy being extraordinarily technical, running routes. The next 20 years of guys are going to be like, I want to run routes better than Julio. Well, I want to run routes better than Amari. Well, I want to run routes better than Riddle. I want to. <laughs> so it's a precedent thing. They've said it. It's there. Okay. So now these guys are out there digging and, and grinding and trying to be perfectionists at route running, and, and it's hard, and they can catch the ball, and they're fast. So you're out there, you're talking about a guy that's slight, that you keep saying slight, and he won't last that long. First off, if you get five yards down the field, they can't hit you. There's nothing you can do. After they and if he beats you off the line, which he usually does, what do you do? You're just trying to hope that you can grab one of those little pipe cleaner arms, maybe that you keep talking about, and all this stuff to try to get him down. Forty five catches, that's what you said, right? Yeah, so the, he's got it, over forty five. Yeah, and the quickness, the 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 moves out of the, the breaks off the ball. You're gonna have to hope that you can get in front, you know, keep him in front of you, and hope that you can get a hand on him. Oh, and by the way, a lot stronger than he looks. A lot stronger than he looks. He is pushing guys off of him when he's running routes. Unless you have a clear cut tackle, you don't really just get him down. So he's like Mighty Mouse. You can call him whatever you want to, Paul. That's, <laughs> that's just when you see technical guys doing things, like you see Tony. Tony's not the biggest guy on the team. No, but Is he's he? bigger than 170 pounds. Whatever you want to say. Is he the biggest guy? No, he's not. No. But he's built like a but, running back. But when he stops and starts those things are the things that quickness and that ability. Well, the jukes. Yeah, it's not just jukes. That's what makes guys dangerous. A technical route runner is the hardest thing to cover. A guy who's perfect on his routes, if he can beat you down the field and go over the top, you have to be worried about him going over the top. When he stops and you can't stop because you're bailing and comes back for the ball, that's a catch. Mm -hmm. 
you know, if you double team him, he like, okay, I got him underneath, you got him over the top. And he bends out and you come over and he comes back across your face, that's a catch. There's nothing, there's almost, if you, only way to stop him and only way to stop guys like that is to have a DB that can put his hands on him early and keep him off his routes the so entire time. So do you time. shadow him with Bradbury? You can do whatever you want. I'm just telling you, that's what's going to happen. Okay. You know, you know, you're gonna have to have somebody underneath him that 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 make sure that he's not catching the ball underneath, and that's the way to do it. He's gonna catch his slants and whatever because he's just gonna beat you. But you got to have somebody underneath him. So like if you run, if he runs a deep out, if he runs a corner, if he runs whatever, the guy over the top, the quarterback's like, well, I can throw it underneath. Well, if there's a guy underneath, he's not gonna do it. Jalen's a, is a is a very great athlete. He is still finding his way in the passing game, and he's and it's not because of anything other than. He's just not always comfortable with, with the blocking. 201-939-4513. Paul Dottino and Howard Cross on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Did John read the uh, promo announcement? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Just read it again. I'll read it again. The Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself. Get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. And also, folks, by the way, there are still Giants half-season tickets available uh, beginning with Sunday's game against the Eagles. It is Michael Strahan, Jersey Retirement Day. That's kickoff 1 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, you can go to Giants.com slash 92, or you can also speak to a Giants season ticket representative. You can also talk to them uh, as well as uh, trying to get some Giants suites. You can entertain your family and friends at MetLife Stadium. The number there is 888-NYG-1925. 888-NYG-1925. We and, go back to... Okay. And you can come and take a picture of Strahan because... You know why he's on the podium because the next time you see him, he'll be in space. I I couldn't believe when I heard he wanted to do that. I'm gonna text him after the show and say, "Hey, Mike, you all right?" <laughs> I take it you don't want to go with him. Oh hell no! <laughs> I go into space. No, bro. Captain Kirk went. William bruh, Shatner about you know, a month and a half, two months ago, that's, right? That's why I ain't going on no diet. Cause there got to be a weight restriction. <laughs> I can keep myself out of so, space. So that's why that, you won't bro, go. I mean. It has I'm, nothing to do with nah, being millions do with of health. miles above the earth. Ain't got to do with health, anything. I just don't want to be on nothing. They's like, hey, you need to sit over here. Well, maybe over here. You can't. Well, you too big. Get off, okay? That's me. I'm off first. I don't skydive. <laughs> There's a weight restriction for skydiving. I ain't got to worry about that. I'm, I'm good, bro. How about bungee cord jumping? Bro, it's a weight restriction. Look at me. <laughs> you ain't tethering nothing to me and pushing me nowhere. Mountain climbing, them ropes don't hold just anything. <laughs> Bro, I'm good. I don't even horseback ride. Horses look at me and go, oh, hell no, man. Keep moving. I'm good. See, yeah, I've got this down. Would you <laughs> wrestle an alligator? <laughs> There's no weight restriction for that, Howard. Hey, man, I ain't no white guy. I ain't doing that. <laughs> you crazy? You don't see brothers doing that? <laughs> 4513 on Big Blue Kickoff Live. I believe we're going to line two. Or Yeah, Jason from New Haven, you're next on the program. Please bring us some sanity. Jason probably thinking, I ain't going in space either. <laughs> how, 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 how much do they have to pay you, Jason, to get on that rocket? <laughs> you're going to pay me a lot. <laughs> bro, ain't a lot in it, man. They ain't got a number for me. I'm with you, Howard. I'm staying right here on the good old U.S. of A. Keeping grounded. Go ahead, Jason. What do you have for us? Some explosives to your space. Um, I just want to say, hope you guys have a 
Well, everybody on the calls have a happy holiday tomorrow. You too. And, uh, thank you. So I'll try to. I have a few points. I'm gonna try to make quick because I know other callers want to get on. Listen, uh, Monday was rough. The season's been rough. Usually, I try to say it's positive when I make these calls, but I'm probably not gonna be so positive. So, so forgive me. So, to me, the change with Garrett had to be made. I'm sorry. Um, it does fall on the players. Players have to block throw, catch, tackle. I do get that. But to me, this change has to be made. It should have been made a long time ago, in my, in my opinion. Um, with our playmakers, and I get the offensive line, fellas. I really do. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not above saying our offensive line needs a lot of help. We all know that. But with our playmakers to only score 10 points, that to me is a problem. And a change needed to be made. I don't like to see people lose their jobs and livelihood. I'm sure Coach Garrett will get another position somewhere, whether coach or NFL, and I'm sure they'll be fine. But I think Judge needs to make this change. Um, and it's tough to see Jones from his rookie year. I, I just don't see how he could look so good in Shermer's offense. But then the last two years, he just looks completely lost. Um, I want to highlight two plays, and maybe you, you guys – well, you know, I'm sure you guys watched the game. You guys well, Jason, before you go further, I just want to say to you, last season was Jones's best season from start to finish. So please what? don't misinterpret what you saw and think that he took a step back. He took a step forward in 2020. Right. Well, yeah, yeah that, and you're right, Paul. What I'm saying is I thought he looked – maybe it's just a different philosophy. I thought he actually looked great under Shermer. Now – I'm, I played football in college. I'm not sitting here like I'm Mr. Football. I know everything. You guys are in the pros. You guys know a lot more than I do. But I do know a little something. So I want to highlight two plays real quick that I was actually watching the game and I highlighted. I'm sure you guys know what I'm about to talk about. There was a um, – it was on the first drive when we had the ball. We was marching down the field. We, you know, had a good drive. Garrett actually had some nice different play calls, pistol, all kinds of stuff. So there was the third down play near the red zone. Um, that was a slant that uh, on the right I drew the PR call, okay? It was a first down, which was good, but prior to the snap, it was obvious to me, uh, maybe you guys saw it different, that Kadarius had man-to-man coverage, I think, on the safety windfield, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And either Jones didn't read that or, and I don't know this for certain, so please forgive me, or is coached to go with the first option. That's me. So let me finish but to me, Tony beat the safety on that, and that would have been an easy touchdown. Jones never looked. On the next play, they, he looked for Tony, who again had man coverage, but stopped his route, and Jones threw it over his head. Um, Galladay lined up outside of Tony. This is what I was watching. Ran across. Um, I think Campbell was running a cover two or three. I can't really remember. But Tony, uh, Galladay was wide open, um, and Jones didn't look at him. For whatever reason, I don't know. But he wouldn't have the touchdown. Maybe he'd had it at the two-yard line, but it would have been a big game. So my thing is either I don't know if he was being coached to do that or was that just Jones still locking on his first read, which to me is more concerning more than the play calling because a third-year quarterback in, a, in the same system mm-hmm. to me should not be locking on one read. And that's kind of my issue with Jones right now is – what I saw, like I said, I'm not in the I'm not in the practices. I'm not. I don't know the game plans, and you guys know more than me since you work for the company, uh, the Giants. But that to me is concerning, more so than Garrett per se. 
Um, I don't know if you guys want me to finish or you want to add on to what I just said. Well, I'm going, to ask Cow- I'm going to ask Howard to chime in here because there are a number of possibilities as to why a quarterback would see a play a certain way. Uh, I'll make it short. Like, we don't know how anyone's coached or what the reads are and whatever. Sometimes it's, uh, this guy is going to win and this is why he's going to win. Let's go here. Uh, and if they take that away from you, then you progress over to the next two or three plays. Uh, what you're th- what you're referring to is the quarterbacks that are like the, the Tom Brady's of the world, uh, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, who are looking out into the field, and they're determining, no matter what the play is called, where they may go with the ball. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? So, like, everybody, if, if you're coached all week, hey, guys, do this. Make sure you keep the, the defensive ends hands down. I'm going in this direction, blah, 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 whatever the whole thing is. That's kind of how the team kind of is blocking and scheming it up. Aaron Rodgers might get up and say the same thing, keep the play on and, and check, check, and something, and, and guys know, like, hey, look, just give me another count if they can. You know, he has an offensive line that can do that. Tom Brady may not say anything, but he just, okay, he's already predetermined where the ball's going. Right. Because, like, we, I watched the game very closely, and I saw the Giants bring a blitz. He didn't make a check, but the play was all, almost designed to go away Somewhere from the else. blitz. Right. Like, it was like, like people are like, oh, he did, he did a great check down. But it's a check down when he throws the ball outside and the guy runs and makes a play. It's not a check down when he throws the ball outside and then two two linemen are already headed in that direction. That's a screen almost to the opposite side. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, some of it is – so when you're watching this, some of it is schemed out play calling that, that you know they see what's happening and the quarterback can check at the line because that's the options. And some of it is, hey, look, let's go with this. And everybody, let's try to protect this. And they're all fighting to protect something. Uh, if you have time, it's when you can go, oh, first guy's not there. Oh, second guy's there. Maybe third guy. Uh, or some even backside, fourth option. The, t- the problem is, so far, is they don't have the time to get that, and especially in this game. Uh, we were thinking that their defensive line was going to be a little less than. They weren't a less than. And White, the, the inside backer, was wreaking havoc. He, just didn't have a, he was so fast, they just didn't have an answer for him. Yeah, that that Tampa pass rush was uh, was at its best the yeah. other night against the Giants. It was, it was There's no really doubt. good. Yeah, Howard, let me ask you this before we let you continue, Jason. Uh, with all the quarterbacks that you played with during your career with the Giants, they have different degrees of freedom at the line based on the coach. Sometimes coaches are a little more restrictive, and sometimes they're a little more hands off. For example, like a Tom Brady and an Aaron Rodgers, they're pretty much free to do whatever they want. Well, no, not really. That's you not don't how, think that's not how it works. See. see Football keeps progression. In the very beginning, quarterbacks call all the plays. If whether you guys knew that or not. Oh, years ago, years yeah. Ago, quarterbacks call all the plays. It was Tom Landry with the Cowboys who first yeah. got into the thing the, where the, the coach is going to call the all coach, the plays. Yeah, then the coach starts calling the plays because now I can see it better from the from in the booth and all this stuff. Then it goes to, hey, look, we're going to start doing some check with me's. Like if this isn't working, that's not going to work. And then it got to the point where you saw Peyton. Where you saw Peyton. Oh, oh we, lost, we lost we Jason. Lost. Well, finish your explanation. Yeah, I'm where, sure he's where, listening where in. You see, where you see Peyton Manning, where he has more than check with me. He has like a two runs right. or two passes, and, and, and they're working it out. And now you get to the point where, where the caller asked for is like, where is Daniel Jones probably in this progression? We don't know. Like, I don't know. So, like, when I'm watching the game, it, it, I can watch a game. If I'm watching a, a college game specifically because I can see it on TV and stuff, and, and I can see a little bit more of the field when you're on the sideline. You're looking at it, but you're looking at it from a different angle. When you're up a little bit, you can see it's like, okay, this guy's off, this guy's off, the safety's coming down. The safety's coming down, you know that guy's coming. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking at. 
You know, so I can see that when I'm up high. When I'm on the field, I'm like, okay, I can, like, uh-oh, safety's moving over. This guy's coming. You can see them, like, uh-oh, they're shifting back to a two. Okay, they're, one's going to be deep. If the safeties are playing, like, eight yards deep instead of 12 yards deep, you can see all the all the, what's going on. So you have to be able to read that and know that. But not only do you have to be able to read it, because I think it was Eli when I first recognized it, uh, being more more progressive than even that I had even thought about it. Eli and his receivers were taught that, hey, look, if this guy's doing this, we have to be on the same page. Right. I'm going to throw the ball. Well, to that was him. a Gilbride thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing the ball. We're going to do, we're going to do what we call sight adjustment routes instead of mm-hmm. sight adjustment blitzes, sight adjustment routes. So the routes would even change in the middle of like, okay, you have here's your options. If the safety's down, you pump, you you move inside and go over the top. If the safety's in the middle, you're going to stop. You're not going to come all the way across. If safety is like. It, it became this big thing, and it was like a lot of big plays, a lot of crazy plays, but mm-hmm. it happens. So the offenses are progressing at an incredible rate. And guys have different philosophies, whether it's a guy out in, um, in, in L.A. with the Rams, whether it's a guy in San Francisco, whether it's a guy, uh, you know, down uh, Sean Payton down in, down in uh, New, Orleans. New Orleans or, yeah. or Belichick's group up, up in, um, in, 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 uh, in New England. Everybody has something different going on in a way that they're trying to combat it, and they're working within their players. So I don't know where Daniel is because, quite frankly, you had Jason for a couple of years, you had Schumer for the first year, and he's still – and he's got different personnel, right? So it was Danny Dimes. He was dropping the ball on guys, dropping the ball on guys, dropping the ball on guys. Now they're not throwing as many down the field like that. They're well, just not. And to be honest with you, Howard, think about this for a minute. If you're Daniel Jones, and this is your third year in the NFL, you've gone from Cutcliffe when you were at Duke to going to McAdoo, going to Shermer, going to Garrett, and now he's going to be on his fifth offensive coordinator. He had McAdoo? Since his – no. No, he didn't have McAdoo. Okay, he had Shermer. Shermer. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So he's going on his fourth offensive coordinator – since he was a senior at Duke, which was four years ago. Yeah, it's a lot. But it is a lot. It is a lot. But like I said, every like I said, what, before before you got here, someone asked me what would I. Oh, I think it was uh, actually it was John. What would I do? What I, I'm like, I, you know, I'm not a I'm not a coordinator, but this is what I would think. I'd simplify as much as possible to make sure I could bring the entire offense along, and let Daniel be the master of it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's going to have to happen if you're a coordinator. Okay, Daniel, let's sit down. Let's see what you like. Let's see what the offensive line likes. Let's try to m- marry them. Running backs, you got to jump in here, and receivers, you got to jump in. No receivers going to say you just need to throw it to me, <laughs> but everybody else is going to have like this ideal of how they can get better at something, and they have to grow. And you have to take a collective, collective look at that. Now, in theory, they were doing that during the bye week, but now that they're all here on campus, they're that's what you know that's what they're going to have to do going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as an FYI, um, when. In 2018, if Freddie Kitchens turns out to be the offensive coordinator, as a lot of people think, and we don't know if that's going to happen, by the way. I wouldn't even speculate. Okay. I would only say this. If it is Freddie, I will speculate a little bit. The one year he was with Cleveland, he ran a very balanced attack. He had Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Nick Chubb was his his primary running back. And he did not have a pass-happy 
or a run-happy offense. There was balance. He's, he's not one of these guys who comes in, and if he's the guy, and we get, we don't know if he is, but if he's the guy, he's not going to be Air Coriel. Well, all I can tell you is this. It's, it's what I told John earlier. You have to reinstate some confidence in your offense. Especially your line. All of them. Everybody. Everybody has to be confident in what's going on, and the way they do it is simplify it and grow it, you know, uh, Here's what we're going to do. This is what we've been working with. We're not throwing away the playbook. We're just going to start going with what, what works, what's been positive, which doesn't seem like a lot, but there's been some positive, and that's what we're going to do with it. it. From everything from like, hey, look how Booker runs this play. And Booker got 10 yards. Like, what's different here? All right? And then you should share that in the running back room. So now Saquon is looking at the same thing Booker's looking at, like, okay, well, why did he do this? Like, well, that's, dirty yards are dirty yards. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start, and you have to start doing things like that. And it's a, it's a coaching philosophy. It's a whole bunch of things that I'm not even qualified to do. But that's how you do it. If I, if it were me, that's what I would be trying to do. 201-939-4513 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We go to, is it one? No, line three. Max in New York. You're next on the program. Hello. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure, how are you? All right. Uh, I just wanted to say, yesterday after I heard the news, I have to admit I have kind of mixed feelings because uh, on one hand, uh, you know, I heard Jason Garrett, a really good guy, say, hey, someone losing his life, uh, his job, I'm sorry. But uh, on the other hand, it just kind of felt like something needed to be done, as some people mentioned. Now, what, I'm, what I don't like is how you start looking at social media and stuff like that and everybody's saying, oh, well, get him a snack, then judge, then this, that, whatever. Slow down. We still got to find out what we have as a team. We start moving general managers, and and we're just going to set ourselves up for failure again. And I don't talk on the, you know, I don't call in often because I just can't. I listen every single time, even <laughs> the day after. But um, it's, I've mentioned this before. We we need to just stay the course. We need to see what we have. Uh, the issues we have right now is it is it uh, the play calling? Is it the offensive line having their issues? Is it yeah, just uh, musical chairs sometimes? Um, we, you know, some guys just came back. It's just like going to the gym. You could go to the gym for a long time and be strong. You miss a month, you come back, you're not the same. You know, we gotta let guys come in, do the stuff, and then and then assess. Uh, let's not jump to conclusions. Um, the, the only, uh, Howard, I did have a question with you regarding what just happened. If you were in the locker room now and you just had, you just lost your offensive coordinator. How how would you react to that? Like, what kind of emotions would you go through? And I'll take that off the air. Thanks for taking my call. Well, you know, the question is, how would I react uh, as a player, I'm assuming, and we just lost the offense coordinator. I'll be sitting around talking to the guys privately, you know. Uh, I wouldn't be trying to call a team meeting because that seems to be in the press right after <laughs> it happens every time. Play, player is only meaning which I never think accomplished a lot. But I would go around to a bunch of key guys, and I would just basically tell them, like, listen, guys, hey, look, we are the ones that they're looking at. They can let go of every coach they want. Eventually it will be one of us or all of us. You got to figure out something to do. You got to figure out how to play. You got to do. You got to start grinding. I'd go to guys I thought could make plays, whether it's the, the top offensive linemen. Like, hey, get your guys in order. Let's get going. And I'd challenge them. And that's what I would have done. You challenge guys, you beg guys to, to make plays, and you, you, you get after them a little bit, and you like you make if, – if they're at the point where they're getting rid of coaches and stuff, like it's my livelihood too. 
Like, because you're not blocking, I can't get the quarterback to have time to get me the ball from the running back. Because you're not blocking, I can't gain yards. If I'm the quarterback because you're not blocking, I'm getting hit. And I'm not saying that's all the offensive line. It's, it's telling the running back, hey, look, if I knock the guy outside and there's a hole inside and you're going to get two yards, take the two yards. <laughs> like I'm like, let everybody do your job. You know, Howard, I mean – from being around this game a long time and covering your whole career when you were here, I do think, and I know players did that when you were playing. Yeah, Guys talked amongst each other, and they held each other accountable and asked them to be responsible. I'm not sure that today's players are quite as in tune to that philosophy. I don't know who the alpha whatever person is they call these days, the alpha, the one that's going to stand up and do something. There's a lot of guys that got C's on their chest and everything and teams around the league. But you need guys to stand up and hold you accountable. You need guys to, you know, I, I forget the guy's name in Alabama, and I think his number is number 31. They lost the game against Texas A&M, and he came into the locker room and said, it's not good enough. And they're like, oh, well, you know, he goes, no, it's not good enough. Like, and it's not good. He goes, you know what? Follow me then. He goes out the next game, has like 13 tackles and a sack. And he's like, <laughs> he's like everybody's like, oh, uh, okay, my bad. We yeah. with you. And like, he's like up for like all the defensive awards this year. He's like one of the top three defensive players in the country. Wasn't listed there early. Thought, thought he'd be good. But he just changed the momentum of the entire defense. Somebody has to step up and say, I'm going to, whether it's an offensive lineman that's willing to like pancake guys and drive guys into the ground, whether it's a receiver that's out, out on the outside, like, hey, look, I'm not getting the ball. I will stone you if you try to get close to the to the ball. Would that be Will means, Anderson, the huh? linebacker? Yes, it's, it's Willie. It's Willie. Will, Will does a great job. But so you're looking at guys and you're hoping that somebody is willing. The quarterback could say it. The quarterback could put his body on the line. But you need the quarterback. And, and in this day and age, I know it's a lot with feelings and how we don't, how we don't want to make you know anybody upset and I get that, but, you know, challenge some people, man. Well, that's what I mean. I think those like I, players were much easier to find when you played. I talk, Today it's a little harder. It's not that hard. I talk to my son all the time. He's, he's like, you know, they moved him from, from D tackle to nose tackle. He went from being up the field, being in people's face, getting after yeah, people. That's to, in college, To Howard. being double teamed every time. I'm like, I'm like, listen to me. And I'm, I'm, this is what I'm telling him. So you listen to me. I don't care what they ask you to do. Did you have a spot? I'm like, yeah. Are you playing? Yeah. You go do the best you can, no matter what the circumstances, and you'll see what happens. I only made two tackles a game. You play a nose tackle, you're not going to make that many tackles. Mm -hmm. They moved him back to D tackle for this game, this past game. Two sacks, four tackles. He was all over the field. And I'm like, what do you think? He was like, that's my spot. I'm like, no, your spot is wherever they put you. Do your job. Yeah. Like, and it's, the and Belichick it's, theory. But it's hard. And you have to be willing to sacrifice and get after it the whole time. And I'm and I'm not saying our guys aren't. I'm saying, but if, if you've got one dude that can be that dude, that dude needs to step up and start making plays. We he, have a, he ain't got to scream and yell. He just got to step up and start making plays. We have about six minutes left on the show. Two callers on hold. We go to John from Staten Island. Hello, you're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Staten Island. Hi, John. <laughs> Good morning, guys. How are you? We're well. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I wanted to talk about, uh, for a second about, you know, we, we have this, we're talking about Jason Garrett not doing a good job, the receiver's not doing a good job, all these guys not doing a good job. But but 
it seems to me that if you look at the Super Bowls in 2007 and 2011, you had the, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all times in Tom Brady. You had one of the greatest coaches of all times in Bill Belichick. And because Tom Brady was being chased and harassed by Justin Tuck and, and Michael Strahan, a very good quarterback became a very average quarterback, and, yeah. and the Giants won. And the same thing happened in the Super Bowl last year where you had a very talented Patrick Mahomes uh, being harassed by the Tampa Bay defense. And you had a very, again, poor, you had a very poor Kansas City offensive line. Very poor. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. This is exactly my point, that, that no matter how good the quarterback is, if he's running for his life all the time, he, you're not going to have a good offense. Okay. So Dave Gettleman, Dave Gettleman talked about it the first day. We got to bring in the hog mollies. You got to fix the offensive line. You got to have a defensive line because until you do those two things, you are stuck in mediocrity. Yep. Um, and 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 then he proceeded over the next four years to draft a running back, a quarterback, and a wide receiver. Well, now you're paying the price because you didn't invest in the offensive line. You had some injuries. Granted, you had some injuries. Um, and, and, and until the offensive line is fixed, I think, I think we're in a lot of trouble. I think any NFL team is in a lot of trouble. And then I have one more thing that I, that I wanted to say, but you guys can react to that. Uh, I think that the offensive line, for the most part, uh, early on when they started out, they were going to be pretty good. We were shocked at how well they were pass protecting. Early on in the season, and every kind of game, there was another injury, another shuffle, another injury, another shuffle. I think Andrew Thomas has 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 proven a lot of people wrong in, in the fact that, like, oh, man, I don't know what this guy's doing after his rookie year, finding out that he was in, injured and played hurt the entire season, which yeah. I'm, I'm still right. still impressed with uh, after knowing all of that, that he, he was a legitimate first-round pick and can get it done. Uh, there are some right. other there are some other kids up there that, that are going to get better as they're as they're coming along. But you know you had some guys that kind of you kind of were expecting Gates and everybody to come along, maybe even be Pro Bowlers, uh, and broken ankle here, <laughs> something else there, knees. Uh, it's just tough, uh, and it's not you know no different from anybody else. It's just tough. Once everybody, like I said, gets healthy and gets back, and if you can keep them healthy for a whole year, which is almost impossible these days, you'll see something different. But as, yeah, as, I, as for drafting guys sorry. and the offensive line, I think that uh, from what we've seen, uh, a lot of the guys he's drafted offensive line-wise or, or picked up in the free agency have been doing pretty decent. Yeah, ex- except that Daniel's running for his life. Yeah, but, you know, when you're playing with your third guy in some spots, not even your second guy, your third guy in some spots, they're not – and, again, guys are – they're all pros. But, you know, you have starters because they're starters for a reason. And I'm not defending none of them, but you're starters for a reason. I believe that when you get a chance to play, it's your chance to make some money. <laughs> That's how I always looked at it. But starters are starters for a reason. Your Pro Bowls are Pro Bowls for a reason. Uh, they, re- they retire jerseys because they retire jerseys for a reason. That's, That's, That's part of it. He's lost. gone. We lost him. Final thought on that, and I'm sick and tired of fans who call up and say that Gettleman didn't address the offensive line. That is the biggest fallacy, biggest lie on the face of the planet. You consider how many guys – well, here's why. 
because he has brought in so many different guys. Now, you can criticize that maybe they didn't bring in the right guys. And you can also say that maybe some of the guys didn't work out for whatever reason. Either they didn't play well, they retired, they got hurt. Uh, There could be a lot of reasons. But don't tell me he did not try. Go back and look at the transaction wire and see how many offensive linemen that Dave Gettleman has brought to this team. Again, it's it's a different criticism. Criticize if you want the guys who were brought here. But don't tell me he did not try because he has brought in more offensive linemen than any position on this roster in the last four years. So please get it straight. Well, listen, I, I don't have anything to say about who he brings in and who he doesn't bring in. The The end result is, and, and Dave will tell you, that if you're not playing well, you're not playing well. And you're gone. Well, that, if, if he could afford to get rid yeah, of you, yeah, but that's, you're but gone. That, he doesn't that, keep guys around for nothing. I know, but that's what he would tell you. He's like, you know, I, the guys come in, we have an expectation for them, and so does Coach Judd. And if they don't make it, they just don't make it. That's it. Charlie is next from Maine. Charlie, you have two minutes. We're going to let you go. Have a great Thanksgiving. Go right ahead. Hey, happy, uh, grateful day to both of you and to John and the whole crew. Hey, um, yeah, I, look, all I got to say is I think Garrett is a scapegoat. Not that he was great, but they had to do something, and he was the easiest guy to shuffle off the door. So that's what that's what they did. And now, and, and, and Paul, you said uh, Jones had his best year last year. Well, his, his second season was very, better than his rookie season. Yeah, That's correct. Year. Yeah. It's not very good, though. His best year was not very good. He had 11 touchdowns. That is not very good. Charlie, so, go back and look you know, at all the numbers. Outside of the touchdown pass percentage, every well, other number that he had was very, very positive. Yeah, but that's the Oh, oh yeah, but. Oh, 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 okay. Right? Relax. Come on, man. Four points, right? Right, Paul? you got to score points. Hey, okay. hey, hey. go ahead with that now. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the other thing is, I watched the uh, Chargers game the other night against Pittsburgh. Did you see this is a quarterback? This is a quarterback, Herbert. He looks one way, and he knows where he's going, but he looks the other way. And then he goes back to where he wanted to go. I've seen Jones do that maybe twice yep. in his career. Twice he had time you know, to do it. Like you, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you off. So, so don't, don't, don't be upset with Charlie. Me. You can no, listen to Howard off so, the air. So, so just be pay, good. Just, just pay attention, Charlie. I, I love when guys uh, look at other quarterbacks and look at other situations and then say like, well, why aren't we doing that? If you don't have time, you don't have time. There are a lot of quarterbacks in the league who don't have time. Uh, you can look down in Jacksonville. There's not a lot of time there. You can look over Chicago. There's not a lot of time there. You can look at teams and they're struggling because their offensive line either has been banged up or whatever and they just don't have time. Uh, you can look in Kansas City, the first part of the season, he did not have time. Uh, and everybody's proclaiming him to be the best arm out there. Without time, it's just without time. Until you can figure out how to sure it up, and that's why Evan Ingram only has so many catches because now he's chipping and blocking trying before he goes out on routes unless they split him out and gives him a chance to get the ball. But once you split him out, Time is down. And once, and once you split him out, they know it's a pass. So they're like, okay, I'll bring an extra guy because chances are you're not going to be able to stop me from getting to him. And I do appreciate all these, these, these GMs that are calling in and, and have for Thanksgiving to give us what they think they should be wishing for. I appreciate all the criticisms for all the players because, hey, look, they're NFL players. They're on the NFL team. They do make money. They should be able to, to do it. I don't care if you're second, third, or fourth string. You should, you're, you're getting your chance. Go make your money. 
And the problem is that everybody doesn't have the ability. Like I once said to someone, and I won't say who it was because it's not fair to them. I said, I said to my kids all the time when they were growing up, athletes don't fall. They might get knocked down. They might get pushed over, but they don't fall on their own because they got good feet. Move your feet, you'll be okay. And someone said to me, looking out onto a pro field, everybody out there isn't an athlete. <laughs> and I was like, wow. That's a perspective that I'd never had. I'm like, these guys are athletes. So, so I'm like, okay, I kind of understand that. So as far as the Giants go, I'm wishing and hoping that, like I said, simplification in the, in the offense. I'm hoping for a focus on the run game. Uh, to help boost the confidence of the offense and especially the offensive line. I'm looking for everybody to pitch in on these last few games. And that, that what that means is like if we're throwing a pass, everybody gets tries to get their block and everybody's grinding to get their block. And if, if someone's holding, it's because he was getting free. Every route, the guy's on the far side that's not in the route, running the route like they're desperate to get the ball. The guy that's the, the ball's intended for is running the route. And when he's not running routes, they're blocking. I want everybody pitching in from an offense standpoint. From the defense standpoint, I mean, I would have like a little little bounty out. Not a bounty. That's a bad word. I know we can't say that. That is a bad, <laughs> bad word. word. I would have like a a a, a, uh, a holiday pot for who gets the most sacks going forward. There you go. And I'd have an internal like competition, like just just going off and having fun, like and just like just, like look, everything's done happen. It's gone. And the only thing you do now is go forward. Go mm-hmm. have some fun. Go get some great stats. And let's go play as hard as you can. And no matter what the situation, no matter how bad or how good the team is that you're playing against, go have some fun and go get after them. And that's what that's what I'm hoping for for the rest of the season. Charlie, Dr. Cross will be sending you a bill next week. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for this edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thanks for John Schmelk for starting the program today. Uh, Paul Dottino and Howard Cross with you today. And, again, we appreciate all your time. 201-939-4513 is the phone number. Remember, Michael Strahan, Jersey ceremony, uh, retirement ceremony, Sunday, 1 o'clock, Giants-Eagles, MetLife Stadium. Come take a picture of him. He's going out of space. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy your turkey, folks. We'll talk to you again next time.